0: Dear Prudence.
1: Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear, Prudence. Dear, Prudence. Dear, Prudence. Dear Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks.
0: Thanks. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another mini episode of Dear Prudence. I'm your host, Daniel Mallory Orberg, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. This week, my guest is Jay Bearhat, a Seattle-based writer, zinester, and known internet presence. Their work includes the chapbook's published comic Little Teeth, the YouTube critique series Film Critters, and over dozens of posts at Twitter under the name Fussy Baby Bitch. And now, here's our first letter. This next one is also, like, fraught challenging family stuff but at least there's this sort of like added benefit of someone's clearly being an asshole which is always i guess nice in terms of clarity
1: yeah i know it's 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 nice when like uh, whenever whenever i get advice i'm always trying to figure out like okay like what are what are possible other elements of this story that i'm not seeing because i'm only hearing one perspective but this one seems pretty straightforward (laughs) yeah um so a framed family photo has gone from gift to culture wars My wife and I have been married for four years, together for ten. We've recently bought our first home together and are happier than we've ever been. My problem is my extremely religious mother and sister-in-law, who live with my wife's grandfather. He was basically her father growing up, and I'm often envious of their relationship, because all my grandparents died while I was still young. For his 90th birthday, my wife and I decided to send an 8x10 framed photo of us in front of our new home. We thought he would love it and display it on his photo wall next to the rest of his family photos. A few days passed, and, unlike other times when we've sent gifts, we didn't hear anything. My wife called to make sure it arrived. Her mother answered and said we could send as many pictures as we wanted, and they would never display any of them. She said our relationship went against God and that as long as we were together, they would not condone our blasphemy or display photos of it in their house. This came as a shock to us both. My mother and sister-in-law have been vocal about their disapproval of our relationship in the past, but it's never been quite on this level. Just the occasional jabs that we've shrugged off. But her grandfather has never shared their views. Yes, he's a man of few words, but always asks about me and how I'm doing when my wife calls. It is devastating to both of us that my wife's mother is seemingly taking advantage of his failing health of his remaining years to speak for him this way and to dictate what he can display in his own home. My wife has been trying to avoid bringing this up since it happened, but it still bothers me and I can't seem to let it go.
0: I am both sorry that your partner's mother is being so cruel. And I also think, at least in terms of your wife's grandfather, there's an opportunity to just like, like, kind of laugh part of this off. Like, the idea that, like, oh, I'll keep him away from any photographs of lesbians. Like, (laughs) okay. You know what I mean? Like, he still loves you. Uh, He's not homophobic in the way that she's homophobic. You get to have that, like, if that's the extent of her power there, then I think you can... Um, not that you have to just feel relaxed about it, but you can treat it with sort of like arch contempt, um, and, and really just focus on what matters, which is your relationship with him. Um, but, but if, if that's also coming with like, she's not letting you see him or talk to him, uh, I, I think that's a real, uh, opportunity to mourn and talk to your, to your wife about what she might need in that situation.
1: Yeah, that that was my first thought, too, was, like, is is this, like, a situation where the, the mother-in-law is being a sort of intermediary between your wife and her grandfather? Because if so, like, yes, that's, like, that's extremely upsetting, and the fact that she is assumedly keeping this present for him, away from him because she doesn't approve of it, is, like, absolutely something to be upset and outraged by, regardless yeah. of her reasons given for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and if, you know, to that end it doesn't sound like she normally answers the phone like i would call back until you can get a hold of him and just say i'm really sorry that you know she wouldn't let you have our gift i just want you to know that we were thinking of you and we sent it to you it's a great picture it's our new house we'd love to tell you all about it like have that moment of connection with him that she can't like interfere with assuming she's not by the way like at the level of like not letting him answer the phone which would be really upsetting
1: yeah and i mean I, I, I don't know quite like how, how one would intervene in that sort of situation. Um, I, I do know, you know, something that you could possibly propose to your wife is if she is able to see and speak of him with any sort of regularity, you know, bring him like a, a little wallet photo, bring him something small and personal. So it's like, well, you're not displaying it in the house. She can't do anything about this.
0: That's a really that's a really good idea. I like that a lot. I love the idea of him just, like, getting one over on his, like, bigoted daughter by being like, she doesn't know this, but I have a small picture of gay relatives. <laughs> like, just,
1: just constantly finding new ways to send the same photo in different formats that she can't get rid of.
0: <laughs> yeah, just photos of different gay people, like, throughout history. Like, who are these homosexuals? And it's like, I don't even know them. They're from Philadelphia. Um, And by the way, like I realize I've been saying all this in a very lighthearted way, but I just also want to acknowledge like, of course, it still bothers you. Of course, it's hard to let it go. This is so petty and cruel, which is such a bad combination. And especially when it's like an escalation from a parent who you had thought like, okay, she's not great about gay stuff, but she's not like the worst. And then like, oh, she's like evil stepmother in a fairy tale, like tearing up letters so that you don't know how loved you are.
1: Um, which is garbage. And I mean, if if this was something where I I don't know what your, your wife's relationship with her mother directly is, but if that is something where, um, she would want to bring it up, it, I think it could even be worth, you know, like if they still have some sort of a close relationship, despite this bringing up to her that like, Hey, this like hurts a lot. Like, this isn't, you know, this isn't just, like, what I've been able to come to accept as a baseline of, like, you not accepting my relationship. This is, like, you are now at a point where you are, like, intervening in my relationship with the rest of the family. And that goes beyond just not accepting my relationship. Yeah. Because that is something that I've, I, I've discovered in the past with like family is that like some, when family is still operating from a level of homophobia or transphobia and it sort of clouds the way they interact with other family members, they sometimes genuinely don't understand how hurtful they are. Like to them, it's like that's so reasonable that I would not want a photo of gay people in my right. house that they don't understand like what that says to their daughter. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I wish I could believe that homophobia was often just that stupid i i don't know
1: i want to but doesn't that strike you as a little naive or what like they might not understand how harmful that is i I, feel like they usually do right with uh i mean like i said i think it comes down to and that's why i said i don't know what the the wife's relationship with the mother is since assumedly given the story it sounds like they're still in communication which suggests that it's a weird sort of like Un, unspoken like okay i know you don't approve of this but you like love me in spite of it and so we kind of have this ironic, ironic phrasing don't ask don't tell dynamic um, around it um but it's f- familial homophobia is always like very very fraught and i yeah, i found yeah. that the way it manifests is sometimes very baffling in its contradictions where it's this sort of thing of like this idea that the mother could maintain this relationship with her daughter where she's speaking to her regularly but also view like her decade-long relationship as like a blaspheme and treat it as if like she believes in the long term that it's going to end is like clearly the message that she's sending
0: right or or just that like you my daughter are going to go to hell someday yeah and i I, you know a part of me the like shit kicking part of me would kind of want to like tease that out a little bit more and if it were your mom i would kind of encourage you to go this kicking route but i understand if your wife doesn't want to that you couldn't but yeah to kind of go like so how damned are you for mostly endorsing my relate like you haven't tried to physically separate us or or, or pray over me or like get us to get divorced so like how much is this gonna ding your admission entry into heaven
1: yeah no it's uh which also makes me i mean who, who even knows like what the what what religious values this could be here? i've I've had friends who've come from like Jehovah's Witnesses family who've dealt with similar circumstances. I don't know. it's 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 a it's a really sad story. Yeah. And I hope that she's able to reconvene with her grandfather at least either without her mother's, intervention or with the sort of direct pushback of her mother of like hey this is like not acceptable like i don't care what your perspective on this is this is not an acceptable way to treat your own daughter and her relationship with her grandfather
0: yeah the last suggestion that i will make is uh you could just yeah send her pictures of yourself every day until (laughs) the um mailman quits
1: but um send camera. send send like individual like pieces of the photo that can be assembled onto the wall when she's out of the house into a <laughs> yeah. lot, giant photo of you and your wife in front of your house.
0: Yeah, start texting and like just pull out all of the stops. Like that scene in a uh, Miracle on 40 43rd Street where the the guys all come in with the big bags of letters to Santa. Um, <laughs> Is it? Oh, it's Miracle on 34th Street. I had my streets mixed up. Sorry everybody. Miracle on 34th Street. Um Yeah. And and yeah, again, that's just like, of course, it's devastating. It's totally cruel. It's totally ridiculous. It's like, oh, it was fine to like, you know, have these lesbians visit, but a photograph that then God notices because God can see photos more easily than people because we move too fast for his eyes because they're so far away. But if you keep a photo up, he's like, I noticed that.
1: If, if if well, if they're in the house, you can purify it afterwards. But if it's displayed up, I think it's idol tree at that point. I'd I'd have to reconsult my my texts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, I mean, that, that's what I get to. It's like I said, like it's homo- familial homophobia is oftentimes completely irrational and yeah. does, does not have any internal logic to it. Exactly.
0: Um, so the next one is from somebody whose friends can't see my problems because of my superficially perfect life. Uh, Dear Prudence, on paper, I have a great life, a nice house, a high-paying job, doting husband. Behind the scenes, I struggle with PTSD from past abuse, a hidden disability, a demanding and stressful job, and a husband with expensive and dangerous addictions. My emotionally tight-lipped family taught me to keep my issues to myself. This works great when meeting new friends, but has been difficult when those friendships deepen. These people are happy to unload their breakup and money difficulties on me, and I'm happy to listen, but when I empathize or discuss my own problems, they clam up. One person told me that I don't have, quote, real problems in response to my sharing my husband's near-fatal overdose. One of these friends complained to my husband that it's unfair I have nice things compared to her after I told her I was really exhausted from working and going to grad school full-time. Currently, my newly single friend is ghosting me after I told her about some arguments with my husband, whom she describes as, quote, perfect. The same thing earlier this year when my disability interfered with our plans. Am I doing something wrong? I keep finding myself in one sided friendships where I give a lot of emotional support, but I'm ignored when I need help or even just when it comes time to let loose and have fun. What's reasonable when it comes to sharing negative life events with friends?
1: Um so this one my my initial thought is sort of uh, the the consistency in all this is like yourself and so my question is like sort of where are you where are you meeting these friends like what is what is what kind of dynamic do these friendships develop under because the uh not implication i guess but it's like my, my question if it is like if these friends are sort of envious of your life and stuff then why is like why is there this sort of disparity between you and your friends um because you know i i've i have like friends who have various like uh, especially material like benefits and privileges over other people in our friend circle and stuff. And they oftentimes have a similar sort of like guilt complex of not feeling like they can talk to you about their own problems. But I feel like there's a, in a healthy friendship dynamic, there's a understanding of like, no, like emotional problems, serious problems, sufferings from like PTSD, disability, dealings with addiction. Like those are all bad. Like those are, all, those are all negative life experiences, no matter who you are. Um, and so i i sort of wonder like you know where where are these friendships being built where they don't like they're not seeing that those are serious problems for you because you are uh in an otherwise more stable life
0: yeah and i think to also pay attention to like is there a pattern of when i get to know people for the first time are our first conversations often them unloading a lot or me asking them a lot of questions and and um them kind of like taking advantage of that Uh, which is not to say by the way like it's your fault that your friends are being jerks but if you start to notice that there's a pattern of a lot of my friendships begin because somebody thinks i'm a really great friend because i ask them a lot of questions pay a lot of attention to them and help them figure out stuff like that that can actually kind of explain like maybe what i thought was a really powerful connection was not in fact reciprocal it was just that i was willing to do a lot of work for this person up front um, and assumed that they would feel the same way about me later
1: yeah i know th- thank you that's that's sort of uh what i was trying to like formulate to put in uh, to put into words was like i was like if there's if this is a repeating pattern of friendships then that tells me that there's something about the pattern of how those friendships are being formed which is causing this right
0: so in terms of like what to do right now, one of these things is absolutely scale back on the friendships where people are are um, telling you you don't have real problems or, or at the very least, or in addition to that, push back when people say things like that. If your friend says My, your husband is perfect, you can say like, that's not true. And that's not a helpful thing to say. And I need you to not say that to me when I'm trying to tell you something that's hard for me. Um or uh, if somebody else, you know, is is just ignoring you, um, don't waste your energy trying to chase them down. Um, and if somebody says you don't have real problems, when you say my husband almost died, that person is telling you that they are not to be trusted, and you should not spend more time trying to repair that friendship. Um, that might feel like a lonely start because that kind of means you just start by like seeing the people you consider your friends less. But before you can develop new kinds of friendship, you have to make the time for that and I think to whatever extent you can I I sure hope you can go to some version of Al-Anon or a disability support group or ideally both um something where you can be around other people who are also dealing with like the chaos of of loving and living with someone who has an active addiction um and, and figuring out like how do I find and build a life for myself that is like serene meaningful useful joyful regardless of whether or not my partner gets clean. Um, and and what would that look like for me? I, I want you to have a lot of help with that. And I think that Al-Anon or, um, I'm not sure if Al-Anon has like a... a, a Narcotics Anonymous equivalent, or um, you know, if you're especially secular, a non-spiritual um, alternative to Al-Anon that would be really, really good. Even if you can only find like an online disability support group because there's none local to your area, maybe just spending a little time once a week or once a month with other people who experience similar disabilities might make you feel a little less alone and like you're going to be in a space where you're allowed to share your problems. I think that would really help.
1: And um, building off of that, uh, I noticed that they'd also mentioned that they uh, had started attending grad school. And I think that's a great resource to even look for those kinds of groups. Um, yeah. Grad schools sc- and colleges in general generally have programs exactly to facilitate like social fr- social dynamics and friendships and relationships because they're aware how isolating and alienating college can be otherwise. Um, and I think looking for just even even – It's just interests that you have or people who are going through the same sort of issues you are going through. That's like a great place to start Um, and a great place to find people who are going to sort of already be at the level of like wanting to listen to you talk about your issues as well as, you know, have someone listen to them talk about their own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And even if there's just like free or low cost counseling services um, through your grad program, whether they're remote or are on site, um, I would urge you to take advantage of those things and to really prioritize all of that right now to whatever degree that you can. I know you're already exhausted. I know you already have limited um time and energy right now but i think if you can scale back from trying to chase down these people who are not there for you and 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 use that time for something that you know will result in at least like i'll be listened to for 20 minutes um or i know i'll be around people who experience some of the same things that i do and won't think that that's a fake problem um that will go a long way towards making you feel like you have a real community even if it's not people you've known for years and years
1: and i think um in that program or on your own even since it sounds like you're sort of on the precipice of realizing that like the friendships you're in right now aren't working for you develop a sort of sense of like what 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 are you looking for in a friendship hmm. Um, because like they mentioned that, you know, at the start of onset of friendships, uh, that you don't really tend to open up as much, but they do. And you're fine with that. You, I think it's a good time to ask, like, is that something that you're comfortable with? Like, would you prefer that like your friendships sort of both start at a level of like, you know, you're, you're getting along, but you would rather like discuss tougher issues as you get closer, not immediately. Uh, Would you prefer that it's something where they, uh, as you meet people, they ask you questions from the onset about yourself? I think asking yourself, you know, like, what are you looking for out of these sort of friendships is a really good way to help you sort of like recontextualize how you pursue those friendships.
0: Yeah, I I think all this is a really, really good idea. And um, I just hope that you're able to start doing some of these things because this sounds like, a lot, And um, I guess the one upside is somebody who says you don't have a real problem when you say my husband almost died has just let you know, like, well, I don't have to worry about getting you a Christmas present this year.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like it's, You and I are, we're done here.
1: I, I definitely, I definitely feel that, like, really feel for this person because I feel like this is like the only thing more isolating than like actually being isolated is being in a situation where you don't feel like any of your friends are actually invested in the difficulties you're going through while you're going through some honestly pretty heavy difficulties.
0: That's our mini episode of Dear Prudence for this week. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. As always, if you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 3327. And you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location. And at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short. 30 seconds, a minute tops. Thanks for listening.